Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. But I'm going to tell you this we ain't done yet. All right, howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast. I am Will Stone. He is Chase Caldwell. It is a beautiful Saturday morning. Uh, And as of my last check, after today, there are only four more Saturdays left in this year without football, without college football. So uh, (laughs) enjoy today. Enjoy these next four. Find something to keep yourself busy. And then after that, it's 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 go time. Even though that first that first weekend is just like a handful of games, hey, it's it's better than nothing. Yeah, hey, it's something. Um, and I'll, I'll make a, little, a slight correction to you, Will. It's uh, Saturday afternoon now. <laughs> oh shoot, it is. Yeah, <laughs> we we were shooting for nine, but it and it ended up at twelve thirty. Um, okay. uh, you know, hey, it, it's Saturday, and we don't have to get up that early. You know. Yeah, we had the grandest of plans for. Uh, for it to be early this morning <laughs> that's okay that's okay maybe maybe more of our listeners are awake now and will and will join us on this live stream that's the thought you know it was, it was um it was a branding idea you know just right in the middle of smack dab middle of your saturday it's really hot outside who wants to go outside right now everybody's yeah. sitting at home there's no football on the tv so now there is if you're watching us on youtube you can cast it up to your tv and just sit and watch the saturday college football show by uh, the ineligibles podcast (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's right like everything we do is for our listeners so uh this was all done with you guys in mind (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it, it does feel good to to actually be talking about about football and not about yeah. realignment and not about NIL or Saban versus Jimbo. This is this is what we do this podcast for. And this is why you guys watch this sport is for the actual football parts of it. So um, we're doing quarterbacks today. Uh, as you can see, if you look at the top of our top of our banner um, and it's, you know, it's, it's been, it's been beat to death a little bit, you know, like uh, especially cause it's been two years in a row you know, of a quarterback mm-hmm. competition. Um, had the one last summer. King wins the job, gets hurt, you know, five quarters into the season. And then the guy that started the rest of the year is no longer here. So now it's back to not square one, but it just kind of reset to, well, now we got three guys and, you know, we, we we like all of them. They all got their, you know, their strengths and weaknesses. But it's just, it's still kind of unknown uh, of what to expect. Uh, at, right. the, at that position for, for this A&M football team. Yeah, I think it's the the hot topic um, of conversation amongst fans. Um, you know, we talked about last week or last however many days ago that was um, about the SEC Media Day recap that um, the storyline that A&M has a quarterback competition has been 
done over and over and over again. And so the media is not really picking that up. But um, the reality is that we do have a really true quarterback competition on our hands this time around. Um, you know, some of the other ones, it was it was a competition. I mean, don't get me wrong, but there was the assumed starter as well. Um, yeah. I, I would venture to say on this one, there's it's completely up in the air. Um, it's very split when you read like AM Twitter and AM message boards. Like some some folks are like like really strongly in in Camp Johnson, or some are in mm-hmm. Camp King, some are in Camp Wigman. Um, yeah. You know, everyone's got their their thoughts. There, there's, there's no consensus like there has been in the past. Right, and and that's what like I look back at last year. You know, this was one of our absolute first episodes you know and at the time we we're talking Haynes King and, and Calzada um but there was this general assumption I mean it was probably 70 30 you know 70 percent King and 30 percent Calzada right. and so we all kind of were talking about it with the assumption that okay it's probably gonna be King but you know let's look at some points in the event that it's Calzada let's see what he could do to win the job um of course, we saw both, but yeah, um, I think this year, this year it's 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 the case could be made for all three guys. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would say uh, it's likely that that Johnson, Johnson and King are, are you know, maybe it's a 40-40-20 split, you know, or something like that. Um, because I, I would say the two of them are. Probably the more likely because Wigman is a true freshman, um, right. but but um, he's also the type of true freshman that could push to start the first year. You know, he is the caliber of a uh, Trevor Lawrence or Tonga Valua. You know, he's he's that caliber of a of a player um, right. that it's been done in college football. Um, but I. I I still would probably venture to say he's. It's less likely that he starts because we have two other guys that are really good quarterbacks. You know. Yeah, I think you know, following this program since 2011, this is the first quarterback competition. I feel like that that like all three guys have had a shot at it. Like, you know, last year we had Ken Calzada and Stowers, but we were like, well, Stowers, you know, he's he's pretty raw. He probably won't really push to compete. It's probably going to be one of the other two. Um, I'm trying to think back, you know, we had Kyle Allen and Kyler. Well, there was Kenny Hill and Kyle Allen and mm-hmm. was Joe Cole in that one? It or was, he already uh, left. It really, let's see. Oh man. Now we're talking 10 years ago and yeah. that, my memory so, is, is, is <laughs> for forgetting me. I, there was, let's see, I guess 2013, there was a quarterback competition for really the backup. Um, right. And it was between Jokel and Matt Davis and Kenny, um, Hill. Kenny Hill. And and Matt Davis ended up transferring afterwards. That's right. And then it, then it was Kenny Hill. But Kenny Hill was still kind of the assumed starter right. after that. Um, yeah. I can't remember like, if Jokel was part of that one or not. No, he was. He was because then he transferred right after, didn't he? Yeah, uh, where did where did he transfer to? I think he went to TCU. That's yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh! But, 
Maybe it's just too early or something. I, I don't know why my <laughs> brain isn't working. Well, it's but. been it's been a long time ago, but even even if he was involved, like it was still oh, it's going to be either Kenny or Kyle. Like mm-hmm. people weren't really giving Jokel a shot, and then mm-hmm. it was Kyle and Kyler, and then it was you know uh, Trevor and Hubenak, and you know, it was really just Trevor, um, and then Mon Starkle, and you know it's it's, it's always been a, a two horse race for the most part. Yeah, it, it has. You're you're right on that. And this one is truly a three horse race. But, um, but I I would if I were to say the the truest quarterback competition that we probably had through the years since being in the SEC at least, um, that's akin to this one would probably be the Kyle Kyler year. Yeah. Um. And and I have faith that Jimbo's going to handle uh, this one a little <laughs> bit better than that one was handled. But man, um, you hope so. <laughs> You really do, but, <laughs> um, well, yeah, uh, uh, I guess before we really get into it, um, there was one thing that I wanted to bring up as far as, uh, you know, like the importance of, of the quarterback position for the, for this team and, and who ultimately wins. Um, you know, I was reading, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm unashamed in my fanhood for, for Bill Connolly as a, as a writer and, and football analyst. Um, he had his SEC West preview out the other day. Um, you know, he's got his own analytic system and, you know, A&M is, is second in the West right now behind Alabama. Um, and in his, you know, in his paragraph on A&M, he's like, you know, Jimbo has really, uh, gotten the most out of this program at every spot except for the passing game and quarterback mm-hmm. play and, and receivers are involved in that too, which we'll talk about on a different day. But, um, you know, we haven't had a, a plus quarterback in the system yet. Like Mond was, was good in 2020. You know, he had mm-hmm. great games and, and bad games, but um, there hasn't been that guy that really just uh, is a, an upper echelon caliber of player in, in college football. So sure. I think that's, that's the missing puzzle piece. That's, that's the key to unlock. You know, if, if quarterback hits this year, this is a playoff contending team. If it's, if it's just above average, if it's not good, then you know maybe ten and two. You know, if it's bad, you know there's no telling what it, like what it could be. And mm-hmm. we haven't talked about schedule yet, but this schedule is loaded with with really good college quarterbacks. So you have to have a good one to really feel good about competing against those teams. Yeah, I, I if you think about it in terms of like a, a key and a lock, right? And and lock has all the pins that you have, and and you have to have the right tabs on the keys to make the pins go up enough I, I think we have all the right pins where if we're picking this lock we just we need that very last one to fall which is is that quarterback and um i i think i think you're spot on with that of um qb play will really determine what we end up with um because we've got all the keys in place we just have to get this last one to fall just right now, yeah. I, if I had it my way, you know, I would I would have loved for Haynes to not have gotten hurt last year, to have had a full year under his belt and be a returning quarterback. And if we we're in that position, I would feel even stronger going into this season than I do right now. Um, but when you have a question at quarterback, and this, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull in Hayden's question here uh, of the constant preseason preseason quarterback competitions healthy for the program long term. Um, it, it's yeah, uh, great question from the degree of, you know, when we're constantly having these quarterback competitions, 
uh, when when we have everything going on year after year after year, we need that little bit of consistency. When we have that consistency, that that gets rid of the question marks, of course. Um, and when you have question marks at quarterback, it makes everything go up in the air. It's like we have all the we have a great team. But what's the quarterback going to do? It's different than if we have a great team, but we have question marks at linebacker. You know, right. um, it, it, so it's it's truly the the pivotal position, of course. I mean, I'm not telling anybody anything new there, um, but I think that's why that's why at least I'm hesitant to say that this is our year, right? Because it's it's really hard to say that this is our year when we don't have a returning quarterback. Um, But if you look at probably the most successful season in in recent memory of 2012, well, that was with a new quarterback. So it's possible. It's it's absolutely possible. Um, But until you get into the season and you see how, who's the starter and how they're performing, it's really hard to say, what the true expectations of this team are, you know? Right. So with that, um, just right off the bat, do you want to like kind of say as of today, if you had to bet on it, like, like, like who is your pick to win? If you, if you had to put some of your own money down, man, it's, it's hard. Quite frankly, I wouldn't put money down because, (laughs) um, because it, it is a true toss up for me. Um, if right. you'd asked me that question last year, I would have said Haynes King. Um, this year, again, I, I would I would put it at a 40-40-20 split. You know, I think I think um, Johnson and and King are on on equal footing. You know, I think they have just as much likelihood to start um, as the other. And and of course, I knew that we were gonna. I'm going to have to answer that question eventually. Right. Um, right. so today will be the day that I answer it. Um, and, and I don't know. I, my, my, my thinking is that, um, my thinking is game one, Max Johnson will be your starter. Um, is my thinking. But I think it will continue to be a competition until our first SEC game. If that's a fair answer to the question, that is, yeah. So, so game one, you think you think Max gets the nod? Yeah, I think Max gets the nod to start the season. But I, I don't think that the competition is over by game one. Gotcha. That makes sense. I mm-hmm. think for me, if I if I had to put. If I had to bet my own money on who would start game one, I would still tend to bet on King. Mm-hmm. And I know most recently was the Anna Spring game, and King didn't have his best performance. Maybe some of that was the weather or, or whatever else. Um, and I, I understand that. But um, I think at, at the end of the day, I think his knowledge of the offense and his athleticism – will you know lead him to winning out now i, th- I think 40 40 20 i think that's that's probably pretty dang 
accurate of what it is. <laughs> if, if you were, yeah, sure. if you were handicapping it, I think those are probably the the most accurate percentages of of likely outcomes. Um, but I mean, and, and it could be any one. But if I had to bet, I, I would still go with King. But um, with that, do you want to you know go into each one of these guys and, and break them down? I think so. And and in okay. my thinking and and. We can do a little bit of both. Uh, I mean, you you let me know what you want, what all you want to say is. I'm thinking of doing doing a pros and cons of each guy, um, but rather rather than pros and cons in terms of what they're good at and what they're bad at, I'm saying um, pros and cons in terms of what would be the indicators that would make you think that they might end up being the starter, and what would prevent them from being the starter. You know what I mean? Um, okay. So, and I, like I think that. we start start with King because I've got I've got probably more points on King than I have any of the other guys, right? Um, but I, I'll kick it off because since that's kind of I'm pitching that to you right now. But um, so so with King, right? He's he's Jimbo's guy. Jimbo went out and got him in that class. He's he's got two years in the system where yep. he really he should know the offense by now better than any of the other quarterbacks. On, um, even Max Johnson, of course, um, that I think is going to be his biggest strength there. Um, I also think his athleticism, um, is, is a little bit higher than, uh, Max Johnson's. And, and so the, the run threat that he pre- presents is, is better than the Max Johnson. And, and I think when it comes to, their their accuracy, you know, throwing downfield, they're probably pretty similar, you know, pretty close. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's kind of a, a net neutral there. Um, I think the biggest con or question mark or reason why he might not start uh, goes back to the injury. It's hard to say what a um, player coming off injury is going to look like. I mean, we have – Recent memory examples, unfortunately, of several guys like that with Baylor Cup, with Caleb Chapman, um, with these guys that were really, really good. Um, and they are really, really good, but they battled that injury bug and they just never came back to be the player that they once were. Yeah. But then you also have, you know, a guy like Zach Calzada that was getting injured that it didn't impact his performance. So, um, of course, you know, Haynes actually had a, true injury and surgery and all of that. Right. Um, but it's just, it's hard to say how that injury will really impact him until we see him on the field. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, especially with it being, you know, uh, a, a lower leg injury and, mm-hmm. you know, his, his speed is so, you know, it's, it's such a big part of his game. Um, you know, if, if he has lost a step, you know, maybe that, would would hinder him in winning the competition if it didn't affect him at all if he's still running what he used to run um you know you hope that 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 that, that it's the case um mm-hmm. but then it's you know is he gonna get hurt again you know it's right. he's uh he's not the biggest guy he's, he's pretty he's pretty tall for a quarterback um you know he's he's a tall kind of kind of uh lean and, and slender guy um and uh, he's not like the most muscled up quarterback but um mm-hmm. I think it was kind of a freak thing, you know, like I wouldn't expect him to uh, crumble at the first, like the first time he gets sacked or something like that. <laughs> but sure. Um, your first two points are spot on though. I think, you know, his, like he, he's a coach's kid. Right. And like, like mm-hmm. you said, he's Jimbo's guy. Like 
I think, you know, of all the quarterbacks, well, aside from Connor, who we'll talk about in a minute, of of all the other, of all the other quarterbacks we've recruited, I think that Jimbo has really, really, you know, like been like, hey, this is my QB right here. Like, this is the guy that's gonna that's gonna get us there. Um, yeah. So his the way he understands the offense, you know, getting us into the right play, making the right decision, you know, those are the most important aspects, I think, of of a playing quarterback in general, especially in this offense with it, that is so, you know, complex. Um, and his speed is just a different level. Like um, Connor and Max are both good athletes, but but neither of them run a 4-4 like King does. Mm-hmm. Um, and very few quarterbacks in the country run a 4-4. So that's, you know, you got you got King and you got HA in your backfield with Anais and Evan Stewart out wide. Like that's a lot of speed you can put on the field, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we – that doesn't even account for who's like who's the third receiver in that in that setup. Who's the tight end? Um, that could be a very dangerous uh, offensive attack, and I think it's very enticing for Jumbo. Um, for me, what might hold him back is I think turnovers is, is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he had he had the three picks in the Kent State game. You know, I think you maybe you may be able to pin one and a half of those on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, there's. One definitely was, one definitely wasn't. The other one's kind of, you know, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if turnovers continue to be a problem for him through fall camp, um, I could see Jimbo being like, okay, we can't we can't send this guy out there if he's going to throw two picks two picks a game. Sure. Um, and you know that's that's one thing that that might, that might hold him back. And um, what else was I going to say? I had a third one. Um, oh yeah, his um, like, like his accuracy. I, I, I actually like the way he throws the football. Like he doesn't have a rocket arm by any means, but he doesn't have you know a bad arm. It's a it's a mm-hmm. it's an adequate you know college arm for a quarterback. Um, and he's really good at the short and intermediate stuff. Like I, I really like his his ball placement. But sometimes when he gets thrown downfield, you know he'll 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 let it sail a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So if if he can clean that up, you know, he may be a, a, a real weapon, but you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it goes back to, you know, we, we don't know until we see it. So it, it just sure. makes this, this competition all the more interesting. Yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> I think his, I think his ceiling is higher than Max Johnson's. Um, but I think his floor is also lower if you consider re-injury or, um, you know, something new turnovers, things like that. Um, right. so, so he, there's a there's a wider standard deviation there between what could we expect from him, um, but um, and and going back to the the original question, one of the ways I can really see this playing out, like if if I were to try and bet on what I think could is probably going to end up happening, um, you know, I mentioned that I think Max Johnson would probably get. Uh, the nod game one, but I I really feel like you're going to see them split reps pretty evenly those first three games. Um, just, just because, you know, I'm sure we'll go get up on those, those teams. Um, and rather than waiting until fourth quarter to put in the second quarterback, I think you might see a switch at halftime, you know? And so, so then I think that's where, they're going to be looking for live reps between those two to really make that decision. And I could see, I could see there being a switch where 
uh, King ends up as your starter for the first SEC game. And, and then uh, then I think you would see him as long as there's not any any injury, um, hopefully. I think you could see King finish out the year as the starter. Then it gets to the secondary quarterback. Okay, well, I, I could see if there is that switch that I'm expecting, then Max is going to be your backup quarterback for the first several games. But by the end of the season, I think you see Wigman as as your true second quarterback. Um, I think you'll see him play the last four games of the season and, and then redshirt, you know, if he's not the starter. Yeah. Yeah, especially, you know, those first two. Um, if, like, in the past, a had one kind of warm-up game and then a Power 5 opponent in game two. Mm-hmm. This year, you, you, you've got two – you have three home games in a row, but the first two are Sam Houston and App State, you know, mm-hmm. teams that you should, you know, be able to out-talent and, and overpower, you know, pr- pretty easily. Um, and, and not that they're, they're both going to be layups. They're going to be, you know, games that you can't go out there and, and, and mess around. Um, yeah, but it, it does give you a chance if you get up big, like you can experiment a little bit in the second half and be like, OK, let's see how this quarterback does, you know, with uh, with with this kind of situation or with this kind of, you know, with with, with, with this with these guys in the game. Um, mm-hmm. It gives you a lot more, you know, it's it's live action instead of just uh, just practice reps. But um, it's interesting, like like we don't know what Jimbo's going to do. Is he going to do that? Is he going to, you know, just pick his guy and stick with him? Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's to be determined, but, um, I guess let's talk about Max a little bit. Okay. Um, uh, I'll, I'll start by saying why I think Max is going to be your day one starter is, is just that he's got more experience, um, in, in the SEC, he's got more experience and, and I think he's the safer pick. Like I said, he's, his ceiling is lower than King in my opinion, but his floor is higher than King's floor. So he's less risky. And uh, if there's anything that Jimbo has shown, especially through Mon's era, he's going to go with the safe pick, you know, and, and, but I think there's a little bit more pressure on him now to take some risks um, because there's been a lot of, thought of we haven't done what we need to do at the quarterback position we haven't done what we need to do with the receivers um so we're going to have to take risks to get to that next level um so i i think i think to to start really i think miami is going to be the determining factor you know i I could see them splitting reps evenly there to really determine who's going to finish out the year as the starter um so uh, Max, of course, the the experience level for him is, is going to be higher. Um, he's the safer pick, in in my opinion, um, in terms of what to expect from him. Uh, what would prevent him from doing that? Well, I mean, he's been in Jimbo's system for six months, you know. So there, there's even though he does have the experience, the game rep experience, he's not going to know the the playbook as as well as king would know it you know um so so that's definitely going to be his his biggest downfall there um and i i don't i'm not sure how much his talent fits in with where they're trying to go with the offense from what they've they've talked about you know they're they've talked about 
We need more downhill threats. We need more bigger plays and things like that. So you you need somebody who's going to take more risks. Again, going back to risk, um, and, and I just I don't see him as being the one that they're going to say, "Hey, take this ball and take some risks with it." I see it yeah. more as you know, "Hey, be a game manager, get us where we need to be," and and once we get you know up by a few scores, we'll we'll then start taking risks and see what you can do. Yeah. And but whereas King, if if what I think is correct, where Max would start. King goes in and it's like, hey, we're already up. Go ahead and just take risks. So he has, he has the, he kind of gets the, he would get the benefit in that situation of, he doesn't have to be the game manager for for a little while. You know, he just goes in and just just airs the ball out, makes right. big runs. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think that's a very good point. On, you know, we've. Like this offense has lacked that, you know, gunslinger down the field, you know, threat at, at, at receiver and quarterback, you know, like a, a quarterback willing to take those shots. Um, mm-hmm. And if Johnson, you know, isn't that kind of player that may, you know, keep him from from winning the job. If Jimbo's like, hey, like we need to have a vertical passing game. I need you to, you know, take some shots down the field. And if you, know, if you can't do that, then, you know, it, it may end up being uh, either King or Wigman. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, what I like about Max is, um, he's, he's a big dude. <laughs> like this yeah. is the biggest quarterback we've had. And, um, probably since Tannehill, like he's a legit, like, you know, he's probably over six, four, you know, 225, 230 pounds. Like he, he's a, he's a sturdy dude. Um, he's, he's got a good arm. Uh, he's, uh, he's a pretty good athlete, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, he got sacked a lot at LSU. That's because his his own line was very poor. Um, but as he, as he showed us in the spring game, like if he needs to to tuck it and run, he can pick up a first down. That's really all you need. You know, like right. you, you don't you don't need him to take it seventy yards to the house. You know, if he can just you know keep moving the chains, you know, and not uh, you know, not just throw it away. That's a big plus. So he's mm-hmm. he's definitely capable of that. Um, I think knowledge in the offense could hold him back you know that like he's only mm-hmm. been here six months king's been here two years um or two and a half years i guess if he came in that in that spring yeah um so if if he can catch up and you know be able to get this offense into the right play execute the play the way it's supposed to be you know supposed to be executed um he's got every every chance to to be the starter um i did have some stats on on max last year um, if you look at the SEC of the 14 quarterbacks, you know for, who who played the most. Um, when it comes to drops, um, the Vanderbilt quarterback was dead last in drops. Uh, his receivers dropped the ball a lot. Thirteenth was Calzada. Uh, our receivers did not uh, catch the ball for him all the time. And twelfth was Max. <laughs> um, he played uh, a lot of the year without his number one, um, uh, Keishon Boutte led LSU in receiving last year and only played six games. Um, the, the, the other guys played all 12 games and couldn't match what he did in six. So um, wow. not having him out there, you know, was, uh, was a hindrance. And, um, you know, also obviously that coaching staff got fired and mm-hmm. they didn't have the year they wanted to. Um, the run game was, was pretty poor. The O-line was poor. Um, Max was under a lot of duress. So, um, 
I think you look at his numbers last year and they're they're pretty good. They're not like, you know, like it is, it's not going to wow you, but mm-hmm. um, he may not have been operating in the best, you know, circumstances. So, um, so I, I, yeah, I, I would agree like his ceiling isn't as high as Kings. His, his floor probably is higher, you know, like he's a, he's, he is a safer bet, but he still could, you know, he could still put up a lot of numbers and, and be a really good quarterback. But um well, and and I want to I want to piggyback on your your comment about Keishon Butte because um, I think that's that's going to be the hindrance for him. You know, uh, uh, two other hindrances, I guess. Um, first, you know, those first couple games, we're going to be more vanilla. We're always going to be more more vanilla at the beginning, and um, so so that's where King having the better understanding of the offense doesn't really benefit him as much in those first two games because they're not going to really run the, the full on offense, you know, um, versus once you get into the, the depth of the season, well, then you really do that. That knowledge really comes into play. Yeah. But, but on, on the Keyshawn Boutte um, comment, if we had great receiver play, great O-line play and great running back play last year where we just were returning just very, very outstanding players. Um, I think you would you would definitely see him get the nod because we're saying, hey, we, we have the tools. We just need to get the balls to the get the ball to the guys, right? Yeah. Um instead we lost Demas, we lost Chapman, we lost, you know, uh, Spiller, um uh, Weidermeyer. Weidermeyer. We we lost a lot of our our big key guys. Um, there's still a little bit of questions about Anias. I'm I'm hoping that he'll he'll be on there. But we have the really we have the talent at those positions. We just have to see them develop. But because of the the youth that we have there and and then inexperience, um, you know we're we're hoping that um. You know, Evan Stewart produces that. Yul Keith Brown produces. Um, a chain we know is going to produce. Anias, we're not going to know he he produces. We really are going to expect that the tight ends produce really well, but we don't have anything on film to show that they will. You know, and and then you got Devin Price, you got Moose Muhammad, you got these these guys that have the talent there, but they haven't really and truly. I mean, they're not. They're not in line to to receive a postseason award. Um, yeah. You know, they're they're not. Um, it's not theirs to lose, in other words, because they don't have that experience. And so, um, so that would then lead me to say, well, from your quarterback, you want somebody that, if that fizzles, if your receivers, the youth at the receivers starts fizzling, and they start dropping balls you know and and there's they're just all having a down day and it's just not working out the way it's supposed to be working out you'll want to have somebody that that can make the big play on the ground and that's where i think king really you know so that's why i think that would be a negative for max johnson um because it's it's not we're not dependent on the guys that he's throwing the ball to um and, and to your point about he is big, he can get that first down. If we were if we were 
really confident in the guys he's throwing the ball to to, to make the big plays, then we would need a quarterback that can just get us a first down if we needed it. Yeah. But instead, we're in the position where there's some mystery there of are the guys at receiver going to make big plays? And if the answer is no, then we need the quarterbacks and running backs to to step up and do that themselves. And yeah. and that's where I think King has the advantage. Yeah. And Wigman, for that matter. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's one quick thing I wanted to bring up that I just thought of before we get into Connor. Um, uh, I was reading, I think this was probably on Tech Tags, um, and, you know, like, offenses like Ohio State and, uh, and Alabama get a lot of love, and rightfully so. Like, they're tremendous offenses, like great receivers, really good quarterbacks. They put up a lot of points. Um, and, obviously, A&M has, has been a lot more – you know, focus on the run. But when you look at the splits, like we don't run the ball that much more often than Ohio State or Bama. It's like, like they're like 55, 45 and we're like 50, 50, you know, like there's not a huge difference, but the difference is they run a lot more plays within a game. And Mm -hmm. we have typically operated a little bit slower. What I think we saw, I think, and I don't want to, uh, say this is fact, but when I, I looked at a handful of our games last year and the game that we ran the most plays in was the one that King started against Kent State. And obviously we had a lot of success in that game, but I think part of like, or I think a benefit of knowing the offense is being able to get up to the line, know the play or, and, and get the play in and get the ball off without the clock getting down to like four and five seconds, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and that allows you to, run more plays and, you know, be more explosive on offense, not really up tempo, not, not, you know, hurry up, no huddle, but just a little more tempo than we're, than we're used to seeing. I think with Zach, you know, um, things moved a lot slower. We were a lot more dependent on the run because we kind of had to be. Um, and we wanted to make sure that we had the right play and things like that. So I think, you know, our, our, uh, our question right now is like, like, like what are the deciding factors going to be? I think knowledge of the offense and, and accuracy, or I guess knowledge of the offense, decision-making and accuracy. I, I would put, you know, mm-hmm. those are kind of the big ones. And, um, you know, like, I feel like all these guys have some of those, but not all of them, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and some, like they may have all three, but we just, we, we haven't seen it yet. We don't really know, but. Right. Um, well, and, and that's where King also, you know, go, the knowledge of the offense part of it um, comes into play. Going back to what I was just saying about the the wide receiver uh, position is there's a lot of players out there that don't have the knowledge of the offense. You know, yeah. they don't they haven't been in long enough to really and truly know it inside and out. Um, so you need a leader out there that mistakes are made and somebody does something wrong he can he can go directly to him and say hey here's here's what you did wrong here's what we need here's how to fix that like like go on to the next play let's let's keep going um especially if we're you know i'm not necessarily talking about an interception or something like that i'm talking about like guy runs the wrong route and and you know it would have been a big pickup if he would have run the right route well you know they're not going back over to the sideline they're they're coming in you know they're still on the field. Haynes can can make a comment, you know, and, and and get it fixed probably better than Max Johnson can, you know. Right. Especially, you know, I just thought of this. If you have, you know, a freshman 
receiver and Evan Stewart and a freshman tight end, you know, if, if like any of those three guys, um, making sure they're in the right spot, making sure they're lined up and, and know their assignments. Right. Um, I think it's definitely very because important. they're they're going to line up wrong. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to run the wrong route. That's what you get whenever you're dealing with a freshman. And but, you know, whenever Haynes goes to snap the ball and he looks over and, you know, um, Johnson's out of alignment, well, he can go over and, you know, hey, you know, he can make an adjustment there. Um, and not saying that Max Johnson can't do it because I'm sure he he's he's intelligent enough to be able to do that for sure. But um, that's just where the knowledge of the offense really, really gives you a, an advantage. Yeah. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. And with football season right around the corner, preseason win totals and Heisman odds are available to bet on right now. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Let's talk Connor. Well, Connor, um, I, I think I'm going to start with the negatives for Connor on why he's not going to start because, I mean, they're, they're more obvious um, because really and truly, I think we all have that selfish maybe um, or, or kind of excitement type ideal of we all deep down kind of want him to start because it's going to be more exciting and it's going to be more, um, y- you know, a, a cooler storyline if he goes out there and he's a Trevor Lawrence, you know, or whatever. Um, and I, I think he, he could very well do that. I think he has the talent to do that. But, of course, the negatives are he's a f- true freshman. He's going to make adjustments just like every other true freshman out there. He's He's – He's got a lot to learn and a lot of growth to do, and um, he would, he would, uh, he could, he could very well um, make big mistakes that the other quarterbacks wouldn't, just because of his youth. Um, he also, for, I mean, really, with him, I, I guess the 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 negative is the youth. Like there, right. I, I really can't think of another negative for him, um, other than you know the inexperience. He's not going to know the offense as well as the others. Um, but even, I mean, if you think about it, though, he and Max Johnson are on equal footing in terms of knowing the offense technically. Right. Uh, but Max Johnson has the experience at the Power Five level that there's going to be th- some things there that translate better to help him. He's got a, 
he's got an advantage to learning the offense faster than uh, somebody coming out of high school. Um, yep. So, so the youth is really his his downfall. Right. Um, but let's talk his his pros. Right. He's he's a sensational player. He's he he's the he's the uh, Johnny Manziel or Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield type sensation. Um, not saying that he's at the level of them. I mean, deep down, truly, I think that's where he'll end up by the end of his career. Um, I could see him being at that level this year too, but um, the sensation, the the excitement that he brings to the game is there consistent with those guys. You know, when yeah. you watch those guys, and we talked about that. Did we talk about that on the episode, or was that just a conversation that you and I had the other day about um, you look at the – like Bryce Young, who won the Heisman Trophy, like 10 years from now, I'm not going to be looking back thinking like, oh, man, Bryce Young, whenever he won the Heisman, man, that was <laughs> – it. That he had a sensational year. Yeah, uh, I think that was our phone call the other night. Yeah, so 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 like you look back over the last few um the last few Heisman winners and they weren't like the maybe five or ten before that, right? They weren't RG three, Johnny Manziel, um James Lamar Winston, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, um and, and even even past those guys, some of the sensational players that were out there like Patrick Mahomes and uh, Kyler Murray. Um, oh, I just went blank on the, the Oregon quarterback's name. Uh, Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Um, the uh, who Mormon Manziel. What, what's his his name? Uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. You know that that sensation, that that, that yeah. fun, that joy, excitement of watching them because you don't know what's coming. Yeah. Um, that's what Connor really has. That's why everybody ha- has that feeling of like, oh man, it would be so cool if he started because <laughs> it's exciting to watch. You know, it's yeah. m- way more exciting to watch. Um, but that in and of itself is a huge strength to have because you can't teach that. You know, yeah. that that's something that it's it's just an innate talent that um, somebody has that that makes them a competitor. It makes it yeah. like, man, if we're losing and everything's falling apart around me and my guys aren't doing what they need to do, I, I'm going to take it upon myself and I'm just going to go, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's what he brings to the table. Yeah. No, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be frank. I think he's the best quarterback prospect that we've ever signed. Um, mm-hmm. I think in that, comp- in that conversation is probably, it's probably Connor, Kyler and Reggie McNeil. Those are probably your top three prospects yeah. that we've ever signed obviously kyler has had tremendous success even though he didn't have it here um he just signed an incredible deal uh with the cardinals uh to stay in to stay in arizona um and he's a great nfl quarterback you know like mm-hmm. um but as a as a prospect of, of what they you know at, at the at the same time i think that connor is you know he, he's got everything you want um mm-hmm. uh he's He's got adequate size, or he's got adequate size. You know, he's six one, six two. You know, two hundred fifteen pounds. Um, gunslinger, like he, like every time you watch him, like I've tried to, you know, rein my expectations in. Like, okay, like you know, you know, he's 
he's human. He's you know, he's not going to go out there and be perfect. But then we turn we turn on the on his first high school game that was on ESPN last year against Klein Klein Kane, I think, or Klein Oak, one of the two. Um, mm-hmm. And he scored eight touchdowns. Like he looked like Superman out there. And that's not yeah. a that's not a crappy team. Like he's playing six A ball on a you know basically brand new high school team. Like Bridgeland has yeah. never. Like I think he's probably their first starting quarterback ever. Like they're they're brand new. Like they're not mm-hmm. a West Lake or South Lake or you know guy or something like that. You know, um, he's not playing with a bunch of other D one prospects, um, and he just went out there and kicked ass. Like he mm-hmm. he's got the arm strength. He's got the you know the compact uh, you know ideal release for a quarterback. You know he's he, he's played baseball his whole life. He's got that you know. Pat Mahomes, Kyler Murray, kind of, uh, kind of arm talent. Um, yeah. He's accurate. You know, he uh, is an incredible athlete. You know, he may not have the, he may not have four four speed, but he's got adequate speed. He's got great speed. You know, he can, yeah, he can, he can hit a home run for you. Um, and what, what stands out to me? Well, there's two things. Like his his suddenness as an athlete. Like even if he's not the fastest guy in the world, like. The way he can move around in the pocket and scramble around in the backfield, like he's it's it's almost Johnny esque. Like the like his ability mm-hmm. to you know see things coming and dodge things and it, it doesn't phase him and he still you know fires the ball out on time and on target. Um, it's pretty remarkable, like like what he can do. Um, yeah, I mean he he's like the uh, um, to try and get away from the Johnny comparison because I always feel like I, I compare quarterbacks to him. Um, and in a way, it's not fair because it's a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. But right. he's he's like the NCAA football 2014 quarterback that you're playing with the controller that as you're falling down, you throw a perfect pass to the <laughs> to the receiver and they catch it, you know, or yeah. you're almost to the ground and you pitch it at the perfect time when you're doing an option. I mean, that uh, or you're getting blitz and you that, have to spin move. <laughs> yeah, he, he's got that moxie and that sensationalism of. Uh, player one you know yeah. and and not a not a npc that's you know coming coming downhill <laughs> you know as, as a lineman and so um yeah. it, it's it's um that's what he's he's got that again that moxie and that sensationalism is what what i think his his true advantage is and you mentioned that that our top three prospects that that you would say would be um Wigman and Kyler Murray and, and Reggie McNeil. And I tend to agree with you there. Um, but maybe in top five, definitely top 10, but probably top five um, would be Haynes King. And yeah. uh, he, he's in that in terms of a, um, in terms of coming out of high school, he's that level, that caliber of prospect as well. Do I think Wigman is a better prospect coming out of high school than King? Yes, I do. Um, but King is still it, – it's marginal, the difference to where King's close enough that his experience might win out this year. Um, yeah. But you put it as um, – let's say hypothetically that King had a career-ending injury last year and that now we're dealing with a – quarterback battle between just max johnson and connor wigman well i i would then probably say it's more 50 50 split where we may i i would actually probably give wigman the nod there and and again that's nothing against max johnson because i think that he's gonna be your day one starter but um 
if it wasn't for the king factor being involved, I think he would be way up higher on the ladder in terms of who's going to start next year. Right. Um, but I could see King coming in, starting for a year, maybe two, and and really you know putting us on and him move on to the league and then Connor step in and, and be that, that next guy that, that does it. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I look at it as I'll, I'll just pitch a question to you. Um, I'm sure you remember the Chick-fil-A bowl in 2012 going into 2013, um, where we were down by Duke, what, 45 points. It was something like that. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was sizable. I don't know if it was, it was 45. It was pretty, pretty substantial, pretty substantial. One of the, one of the biggest comebacks in college football history. And, um, if you're in that position, which quarterback gives you the most likelihood to do what Johnny did and bring us back to win. And I would have to say Wigman in that situation. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I, I would say either King or Wigman, but you know, you know, of all the quality of all the qualities we've said about Wigman, his maybe his best quality is his competitiveness, like his mm-hmm. competitive, you know, fire and his competitive nature um, of just like, hey, like, I'm not going to be denied if I'm if I'm on the field, like we're like, we're going to win the game, you know, mm-hmm. like he's going to do whatever possible, you know, and you know. Like like Johnny did in that game, like he did some magical things. He jumped over a you know fallen down lineman and spun around, and then yeah, you know, <laughs> and then threw a non target pass to a wide open uh, lab heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think you know, uh, I think Connor has those those same abilities. And I, I think too, as fans and and realistic fans, is at that um, we're, we're going to try and be realistic about it. That's why we're not just hauling off and saying, "Oh yeah, Wigman is going to be your starter because he's great." Yeah, we're we're going to be realistic about it. I think we we tend to get into that um, the uh, assumption that you got to have one guy and he's got to start the whole year, and that's the only way that you're going to win a national championship, and and you have to pick him game one. But look back into the history of the, the teams that won the national championship, and you don't always see that. You know, there, there's the precedence has been set before to show that it doesn't have to be. I think the best example of that is Alabama putting into a Tonga Valua to win that. But, but you remember Ohio State whenever they played three quarterbacks that year? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. Cardell Jones. Was one the, right, and then the to start the year it was supposed to be Braxton Miller, and he Braxton got injured. Miller. He mm-hmm. got injured before the season started, and they had to go to JT Barrett, and he played basically the whole season until the very last game or last maybe like one or two games. And then he mm-hmm. goes down, and they put in Cardinal Jones, and they win the whole thing. <laughs> you know, with yeah, the, right. with, the, with the third string quarterback. I thought all three of them played, but I, it's been long enough that I, I don't. It sounds like you have a better memory of it than I do. But <laughs> um, but but there's there's another example, uh, and and so, uh, but going going to Alabama and, and Tua, like they had a great quarterback as it was, you know, and they they took him out the very end, the last quarter of the season, you know, or the last uh, half of the season. Um, and, and, and put to it in and he, he won it for him. So, yeah, 
who's to say that can't happen with King and Wigman? Where King yeah. is is as a great quarterback all year long and and does all everything that we need to do. But when we get right there to the end, and in my example, like you get in a position where you're in a AM versus Duke situation, you're down and you need that competitor to step in and win the game for you. Who do you put in? Well, we could put in Wigman and, and have one of those same stories. So again, as a rational fan, we tend to not think about those because those are exceptions, not the rule. Right. Um, but I, I think the, I think the overall talent that we have at quarterback, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility for us to look for an exception and not the rule. Yeah. Well, and, and Jalen hurts, like he had started like 20 something games in a row for them. Right. And they're in the national championship, and they're down at half, and they bench him <laughs> for a true freshman. Yeah, and he goes out and wins the thing for him. Like it was, it was pretty remarkable. And that's that takes some really big cojones from the coach, you know, to yeah. make to when you got to risk it all. Yeah. But but it was it was needed for them at that point. They needed to do it, and um, I think that's truly where Wigman is is pivotal to this season is if we need him we got him and if we get in that situation hopefully king has a great year and let's say we were in a national championship position we're down by 21 points you know going into the second half and we suddenly need wigman we can make that change and we can we can win the game but but let's also assume that uh let's also put the scenario out there where King goes down game seven. Well, by that point, Wigman has enough experience, hopefully, that, that he can step in. And again, we need him and, and we can finish it out. So I think rationally speaking, he's he's our ace in the hole if we end up needing him. But if yeah. not, then I, I don't think that we see him push to start this year. Yeah. Next year, whole different, whole different animal. But yeah, this I'll, year, I'll tell you right now, I've got no idea what to expect if Say say King wins the job, starts the whole year, Max transfers, King doesn't declare for the NFL, and then you have King and Wigman. Like, how long can you hold Wigman off with his? I, much, I have as no, much talent I have no has? idea. I I do think that Jim. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm glad that we have Jimbo to figure that yeah, out because no, I no have kidding. I have faith that he'll figure it out the right way. But yeah. um, it, how to do it, it? It's just like when we were talking about how to fix NIL and how to fix the transfer portal and how to fix all of that. <laughs> I don't know how. I, yeah. I that that to me, I would not know how to manage those two guys like that. Um, yeah. But but I have faith that that Jimbo will do it correctly. You know for sure. Um, I'll, I'll tell you how I know about that Ohio State quarterback uh, situation is <laughs> because uh, me and and Kyle were uh, in a college fantasy football league that year. Mm -hmm. uh, we did college fantasy for the first time, and our first pick was Braxton Miller because uh, he was like. I think we, we had like the fourth or fifth pick and he was supposed to be like a Heisman contender. We're like, Oh yeah, like, like, let's, uh, let's take Braxton. And, um, in the later rounds we took Cardell Jones and JT Barrett just in case he got hurt, which he did. <laughs> and then we had those guys as backups to put in. So, wow. um, I, I, I was, I, I was following that situation pretty closely, uh, cause my, uh, my season depended on it in college fantasy. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, last, last question I'll post to you. Cause I heard this on the, uh, uh, SEC Network the other day. I think it's a good, a good way to to pose the question: Is 
do you think AM gets uh, A minus quarterback play this year? Not A plus, not Heisman level, but do you think we get good to great quarterback play? Um, I'd say yes, because I, I expect the first five games of the season for us to have B quarterback play. And I expect, you know, the last seven games of the season, hopefully last, you know, nine games of the season for us to have a quarterback play. Um, and so that would, of course, average out to an A minus. Um, so, so I, I think over the whole season, yes. Um, yeah. But I think it, it's just like any other Jimbo team. I think we're going to see them get better as the year progresses. Yeah. And um, I, I, I expect. I think. I think every, no matter which quarterback starts, I think they're fully capable, and it's 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 uh, well within the realm of of expectation i guess not just possibility but expectation that they have at least b level play because if they don't have b level play the other two that are sitting on the bench would and right. why are they out there if they're if they got c level play you know yeah yeah i think yeah i i, I tend to agree that we're going to get pretty good if not great quarterback play this year um i also think Without a, without a doubt, it's in a much better spot than it was last year. Um, Definitely. Even if you played last year and King was healthy the whole year, like it's mm-hmm. still it's still better this year because of the depth and just the the, the quality. Like, yeah, one of these three guys is gonna is gonna be a hit. And I don't know, if, like you said, I don't know if it's game one, I don't know if it's game three or game seven, like or game six in Tuscaloosa. Like, <laughs> like we, we don't know when it's gonna happen, but I think whoever wins this job will end up being a a good to great quarterback if they're not they they may get pulled for one of the other guys that that can get it done so well i I think that i think that's helpful because i think all the teams no matter and once we had name our starter and we're probably going to ride with them all season long i think every team still has to game plan for all three guys instead of both guys you know last year they just had to game plan for king or calzada but they're like okay well focused 99% on King and then 1% on Calzada. And then once yeah. Calzada was in, well, then it's it's easy for them to game plan, you know. Right. But when you got a plan for Max Johnson, who's a plenty good quarterback, Haynes King, who's a plenty good quarterback, that but they're they have different styles. You got a plan for these two different styles. But then you got a plan for this this sensationalism that might come on the field all of a sudden. Yeah. It that makes it a lot harder as a defensive coordinator. Yeah. I think all in all, I am very excited about the potential of this quarterback room. And uh, like we said, there's 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 five more weeks till the till the season until well, there's six more weeks till AM season. But um, I I can't wait for it to get here. Yeah, me neither. Well, that's gonna wrap us up. Um, next time you hear from us, we'll be talking. I don't think we've decided yet, so it'll be a surprise. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't decided, but I'm I'm sure we'll just go to the natural progression and do like wide receivers, maybe tight ends too, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> we might switch it up and just go, you know, defensive backs. Yeah, <laughs> or something. Uh, long snappers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk Connor Choate. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, if you haven't already, follow us on our channels. Uh, subscribe to our uh, 
YouTube so you can see us. And hey, if you subscribe, it should turn on your notification. So you'll get that notification when we go live and you can hop in here and ask and ask us some questions and things like that. So yeah, smash that subscribe button, click that little bell. That way you get your alerts and ring the bell. Uh, maybe, maybe once we get into the depth of the season, we'll be able to, to have more regular time frames where, you know, Hey, this show's going to come on on Thursdays at six o'clock or whatever. But as of right now, there's just, there's just too much going on, uh, too much chaos. So we'll, we'll see what we can do. Uh, but we'd like for more people to join, uh, live to where we can get, you know, more and more feedback as we're going through. So, um, thank you for listening and, um, beat the hell out of Sam Houston. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.